We want to get into the Word of God this morning, uh, John chapter 21, verses 1 through 6. Follow along as I read these verses here this morning. After these things, Jesus showed himself again to the disciples at the Sea of Tiberias, and on this wise showed he himself. There were together Simon, Peter, and Thomas, called Damas, and Nathaniel, and Canaan of Galilee, and the sons of Zebedee, and the two others of his disciples. Simon Peter saith unto them, I go a fishing. They say unto him, We go also with thee. They went forth and entered into a ship immediately, and that night they caught nothing. But when the morning was now come, Jesus stood on the shore, but the disciples knew not that it was Jesus. Then Jesus saith unto them, Children, have ye any meat? They answer him, No. And he said unto them, Cast the net on the right side of the ship, and ye shall find. They cast therefore the and now, they were, and now they were not able to draw it for the multitude of fishes. Would you pray with me as we ask God's help in bringing a message that I've entitled, The Other Side, The Other Side. Lord, we come to you right now and I ask that you would uh, give me liberty to preach, that the word of God would come forth in your power, with the power of your word and your message, that I would be able to step out of the way and let heaven... Speak to the hearts of your people. Lord, we need to meet with you today. We've gathered in your house. We've been given time and energy and effort to come and spend a few minutes around your word. Lord, and all is vain unless the spirit of the Lord comes down. We ask you, God, that you would speak to our hearts this morning and this hour. In Jesus' name, amen. John here in this verse number one, the text opens up with three words. After these things... That poses a question, after what things? Well, it would be after the things that are listed in chapter number 20. He is referring to the fact that the tomb had been found empty. He's referring to the post-resurrection appearances of Christ where he came and he met with Mary Magdalene and then appeared unto the disciples where Thomas wasn't present and appeared unto them again where Thomas was there and that interaction that took place with him. And John is telling us that after these things, he came and he said, wait a minute. I've got something that I need to do. I'm at a point where I've just, I, I, I've, I've had enough. Guys, I'm going to go fishing. Maybe I know what I should do or what, what I was going to do, but now I'm going to go fishing. They're there at the Sea of Tiberias, which is better known as the Sea of Galilee. In uh, John chapter 6 and verse number 1, he says, After these things Jesus went over the Sea of Galilee, which is the Sea of Tiberias. So we know that it is the Sea of Galilee. I've had the privilege of being on the Sea of Galilee and I would encourage you, if you ever have the opportunity to go to Israel, uh, it is an amazing uh, experience and a wonderful thing to see the places where Jesus walked and to be and to behold those things. It just leaves you awestruck really thinking about the fact that Jesus walked right here, you know, that this is where the disciples stood and, and met. This is probably where the 5,000 were fed. This is where these things took place and what a, what a privilege it is to have been on the Sea of Galilee. By way of introduction, if I can, I would like to lay uh, the foundation for you. I would like to draw a picture in your mind's eye of where Simon Peter is at right now, kind of what has brought him to this place and what we see taking place in the text we just read and then preach to you 
some quick thoughts on the idea of the other side. You see, Peter was chosen by God. Jesus came to him and said, follow me and I will make you fishers of men. Are you, do you remember the day that you were found by God? You remember when Jesus came and he called you and he said, follow me, pick up your cross. Come on, let's go. And, and Jesus called you and J Jesus called Peter and he stood up and he left all and he followed Christ. That's what we're supposed to do, beloved. We're supposed to leave it all. We're supposed to let all this world has to offer go and pursue Christ and him alone. That we might know him and the glory of his resurrection, the power of his resurrection. The world behind me, the cross before me, no turning back, no turning back. That's what it takes, beloved, when we follow Jesus. Peter stood up and he followed him. And as he followed Jesus Christ, I mean, you talk about the privilege of being able to walk around Israel and see those locations. But just think about Peter being able to walk with Jesus. Being able to see the, the hand of God working through his son, Jesus Christ, here on earth. Listen, if you will follow Jesus, can I tell you that you'll stand in awe of his goodness? You'll stand in awe of his greatness in your life? What he'll do with you will go beyond your wildest imaginations if you would just pursue and follow after Christ and him alone. Peter, walking with Jesus through their life, he was able to see the leper healed. He was able to see the blind man given sight. He was able to see the deaf man given hearing, the ability to hear with the lame made to walk. He saw the hungry fed and he saw the raging seas calmed with the voice of the master. He saw dead brought back to life in Jairus' daughter in Lazarus. Four days in the grave and he called him forth. He saw a man lowered through a roof beholding everybody who, every person trying and striving to get to be in the presence of Jesus, just if they could just get close enough to him. And, and these throngs of people following Jesus out of the city and across the lake there, the Sea of Galilee, and, and following him all around, trying to get in his presence. And this one man whose four friends said, we've got to get him to Jesus. They tore the roof off and lowered him down through the roof. And Jesus didn't get mad about the roof. And Jesus didn't yell about disrupting the meeting. Jesus said, hey, thy faith has made thee whole. Thy sins be forgiven thee. Take up thy bed and walk. They saw him get up and walk out of that room. They ate of the food that Jesus took from a little, little lad's lunch and 5,000 people were fed. You could say that Peter was living the dream. Can I ask you this morning, have you seen God working in your life? Have you seen the hand of God bring you through some storms? Have you seen him direct you? Have you seen him uh, feed you when you were hungry or supply some needs when you were in want? Have you seen him perform some miracles in your midst? There are some days and even some seasons in our life where we may feel like we're living the dream. Praise God for those days. But I know each and every one of us understand that it's not all fine and dandy like sugar and candy. Not every day is sunshine. Dr. Kenny Baldwin, he always says, we're, we ain't always sitting in the shade drinking pink lemonade. Nope. Some days there's some struggles. And you see, Peter and the disciples have just been through a tremendous struggle. 
You understand, beloved, they were following Jesus and it was all about him and he was going to set up his kingdom and they were with him and, and he was the one. I mean, they, they, they looked at him and, and they should look to him. He is the master. He is the creator. He is God in the flesh that dwelt among us and they were looking to him, but Jesus stood before him and Jesus said, listen, guys, this temple's got to be destroyed and three days I'll raise it up again. And, and, and Peter said, wait, no, not so, my Lord. And Jesus had to say, hey, get thee behind me, Satan. Yes, that's what has to happen. I have to die. But it's as though the disciples didn't want to hear it. They said, no, wait a minute. That can't happen. You're our leader. You're our master. We're following you. No, this can't happen. You can't do that, Lord. But Jesus went to the cross and hung on the cross and he died there. And he was put into a grave. Peter there with Jesus declared his never dying love and, and his ability to follow me. He says, Lord, I'll follow you forever, no matter what. Jesus said to him, you're going to deny me. And Peter says, no way. I would never do that, Lord. You know the story that he did on the eve of God's son's greatest need. Peter denied his Savior. Having realized what he did, he went out and wept bitterly. Even though in chapter number 20, Peter and the disciples had seen the risen Savior Still, they went away fishing. I can see in Peter's heart and mind maybe him kind of feeling like, you know what, I denied Christ. He probably doesn't even want me. I denied him. I, I failed. I messed up so bad it's beyond repair. And you know what, there's nothing really here for me. There's nothing I can do. I'm just going to, I'm going to go fishing. And these other disciples that were there, they say, hey, we go with you. He went back. He went back. He was facing this hardship and he went back. Peter left and he went fishing. You know, these others that went with him, you know, it's notable. None of us live unto ourselves. We all affect people around us. I know many here think in their heart and mind, they're like, well, nobody's really paying attention to me. I come and go and nobody's watching, but we all affect other people. This is what happens when we walk away. These others went with him. So they went fishing. They went to do that which they knew. They went back to their old profession. They went back to their livelihood, back to what was their life before Christ. Listen, Christian, you don't want to ever go back to what it was before Christ. It's not where you want to end up. That's not where you want to go. I tell you here by example of this story that that old life that you thought you knew is not going to be what you thought it was when you left. You're going to, in your mind's eye, look back and try and think and remember, oh, this is what it was. But that old world, the flesh and the devil and all that it had to offer, it's not offering you the same thing anymore. Peter and the disciples went back to go fishing. They were in the boat all night. They fished all night just like they had done so many times before, but they caught nothing. This world has nothing for you back there. It has nothing for you back there. In your mind, you've been deceived by Satan and you think, well, I'm just going to go back. Because I've failed again. I've messed up again. The struggle is too hard. But then, beloved, Jesus shows up. 
Jesus showed up there on the shore and they were so far from Jesus they couldn't even recognize who he was. But he yells to them and he says, cast your nets on the other side. They cast their nets and so great was the catch they couldn't haul it in. They did what Jesus asked of them. And they couldn't haul it all in. What I want you to see this morning, beloved, is sometimes things are bad. Sometimes it looks like all hope is gone. Every, every blessing and every joy and every happiness and every satisfaction is all drifted away and all that you see in front of you is a mess and turmoil and hardship and struggle. And, and you think, oh no, I, I fished all night. I've done what I thought I knew how to do and even that I can't do right. And then Jesus shows up. And he says, if you could just put your net on the other side. What I'm saying, beloved, is sometimes you need to keep on going just a little bit longer till you can get to the other side. You, you, too many people, they stop over here. What if Peter and the disciples would have said, hey, we fished all night. We know what we're doing. We know these waters. We fished these since we were but little boys, but couldn't even drag a net. We've been up in this water fishing. No, we're not going to bother. No, but they picked up their net and they put it on the other side. If we would just keep going long enough to get to the other side, we could see some great victories. Peter wanted to get to Jesus so bad, he jumped in the water and swam to him. Beloved, let me implore you, encourage you, get back to Jesus. When Jesus shows up, do whatever you need to to get back to him. And beloved, when you do, oh, the birds will begin to sing over the back fence of your soul again. It's been quiet, it's been hard, it's been wearisome. But listen, if you get back to Jesus, you'll hear him singing. I want you to ponder just a couple of thoughts with me this morning with regards to getting to the other side. I want you to see, first of all, that on the other side of the cross, they found the Savior. On the other side of the cross, they found the Savior. You see, they saw Jesus hung on the cross and they thought it was all done and they walked away discouraged and downhearted. But Jesus had to go to the cross. It was a, his surrender to the cross was a manifestation of his love for us. But God committed his love toward us and that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. He went to the cross. He had to go to the cross to become the Savior of the world. His suffering met the measure of my guilt Beloved, I had a debt I couldn't pay. He paid a debt he didn't owe. And it was, it was such that Jesus, his suffering met the measure of my guilt, every bit of it. 1 John 1, verse number 7 says, But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship one with another. And the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanseth us from all sin. From all sin. Beloved, the shed blood of Jesus Christ cleanses us from all sin. It wipes it all away. Every single sin, the shed blood of Jesus Christ is the answer for all of it. On the other side of the cross, they found the Savior. His sacrifice met the requirements of the law. Colossians chapter 2 and verse number 14 says, blotting out the handwriting of ordinances that was against us. The handwriting, the ordinances that stood against us our transgression of the law, the written law that stood there as a testimony of how many times in every area that we failed and we fell short. But 
He says, and he took it out of the way, nailing it to the cross. His sacrifice met the requirement of the law. His sacrifice, beloved, did what all the Old Testament sacrifices couldn't do. In Hebrews chapter 10, verse number 11, he says, And every priest standeth daily ministering and offering, oftentimes the same sacrifice, which can never take away sins. You see, the sacrifice of the Old Testament couldn't take away the sin. It just covered the sin for a period of time. But the shed blood of Jesus Christ justifies you just as if I had never sinned. He takes those sins and covers them as discouraged and downhearted as they were. Beloved, they had to get to the other side of the cross in order to find the Savior. I don't know who said it first, but in description of the magnificence of the sacrifice of Jesus Christ, somebody said this, the heart of God planned it. The law of God required it. The word of God promised it. The wrath of God expected it. The love of God provided it. The son of God affected it. The justice of God accepted it. And the grace of God extends it. Jesus had to go to the cross and they had to get to the other side to find the Savior. I want you to know that on the other side of crisis is where you'll find success. We see that they went forth and they entered into a ship and immediately that night they caught nothing. <laughs> they were doing what they thought they knew. They were participating and, and endeavoring to catch fish. I mean, how many times had they been on that same waters and how many times did they cast those same nets and they've been out there before. This was their life's work. Surely they could catch some fish. I mean, if anybody knows how to catch fish, they do. I've been out fishing many times and one of the reasons that I don't like it a whole lot is because I like catching fish. I don't like the fishing part. I like catching fish and I do too much fishing and not enough catching. <laughs> and that's the problem there. But some guys, they know how to catch fish, man. They can get them. And, and these guys, surely they knew how to catch fish, but they fished all night and they caught nothing. They were in a crisis. They were in a place, beloved, where everything looked like it couldn't get any worse. Their master had been crucified and their life's ambitions were done. What if they would have just given up? What if they just said, no, we're not gonna, I'm not going to move to the other side. We're tired. We're already cleaning up the nets. We're putting things away for the night. We're not, we're not going to bother. If they wouldn't have taken the initiative to go just one more step, to push a little further, to get to the other side, they wouldn't have caught anything. But when they did, they caught more than they could bring in. They did what they were supposed to do. And beloved, this same group, this same group of men, you get over the book of Acts and it says that they turned the world upside down. You know, you've been out giving tracts and telling people about Jesus and it just seems like they're not interested. You try and, try and be a witness and you, you think, oh, it's useless. It's not, I'm, I'm doing it and it's, it's not, there's no fruit coming. They've given out all these John and Romans and, and nothing's happened. I've been trying to be faithful and there's been no change and I've been doing what God told me to do and, and nothing's changed in my life. 
So just keep going to the other side. Keep going to the other side. Don't give up. Don't let Satan discourage you and cause you to quit. They just had to keep going and they saw God bless in miraculous ways. They caught the fish and they turned the world upside down for Jesus Christ. And Peter preached on the day of Pentecost and 3,000 souls were added to the church. Whatever hardship you have in your life, whatever crisis you might be facing, continue, push through to the other side and you'll see victory. Maybe not today or maybe not tomorrow, but if you'll just continue, you'll see it. The poet said, when things go wrong, and sometimes they will, when the roads you trudging seems all uphill, when the funds are low and the debts are high, and you want to smile, but all you can do is sigh. When your cares are pressing you down a bit, rest if you must, but please don't quit. Life is queer with its twists and turns, as every one of us sometimes learns. And many a person turns about when they might have won had they stuck it out. Don't give up, though your pace seems slow. You may succeed with yet one more blow. Often the struggler has given up when he might have captured the victor's cup. And he learned too late when the night came down how close he was to that golden crown. Success is failure turned inside out. So stick to the fight when your hardest hit. It's when things seem worst that you really mustn't quit. I would implore you and encourage you, beloved, to keep on. Push on a little further. Get to the other side and you too will see God bring in a harvest and a reaping thing that you'll look and you say, Lord, I can't even hold it. I can't hold it all. God, you're so good to me. Beloved, it's on the other side of commitment that we find satisfaction. We see in verse number nine, they committed to what God said. They cast their net to the other side and God brought in such a great harvest that they couldn't even, couldn't even bear it and they, they pulled it in and they toiled and they worked and they brought that harvest in. They came to the shore and we see in John 21 and verse number nine, as soon as they were come to land, they saw a fire of coals there and fish laid thereon and bread. See, not only did Jesus get them great victory when they followed his leading and pushed through to the other side, but when they came to shore, he was there ready to feed them. He blessed and met their needs and provided for their family. And he was sitting on the shore with them as a friend, sitting around that fire, keeping them warm and putting food in their belly. I'm saying is, if you'll push through to the commitment you've made to God and do what God asks you to do, on the other side of it, you'll find satisfaction. Right now, it seems empty and hollow. It seems like such a struggle. It seems like the burden is too much. The trial is too hard. The way is too long, but don't quit. Because satisfaction comes on the other side. Beloved, this world has nothing to offer us. Going back will leave you empty. But if you'll push through to the other side, you'll be filled. You'll be filled. Would you stand with me with your heads bowed and your eyes closed?